Hey, we're really blessed today to have Pastor Bellafay with us. Uh, pastor Bellafay Johnson is the pastor of Purpose Church in Mascouda, Illinois. And he came through North American Mission Board assessment for church planters about, uh, I don't know, probably close to three years ago now. And did a great job at his assessment, was set aside to be a church planter and planted Purpose Church about a year and a half ago. We've been supporting him even when he was creating the launch team to get ready to launch the church, and we continue to support him. We've gone there on several mission trips, and we're very excited. I think he's the first non-FOG member to ever preach at Fellowship of Grace. And so, uh, Pastor Bellafay, it's an honor to have you today. Uh, come and open God's word for us and share with us what he has put on your heart to share with us, my friend. Just a couple of things. I'm a crybaby, and so having me come on Baptism Sunday is probably not the best I'm over there. I'm like, let me make sure this mic is muted and there might be an ugly cry or a snort coming uh, as a part of it because it, uh, it, is, it is so beautiful to see Jesus do what he, what he does and, and, and saves the lost. He said in Luke, he came to seek and save the lost. And when that happens, that is something that, that should just break our hearts uh, and, and, and cause us just to celebrate and, and to weep because there is someone now who will not die in their sin. They have been, been raised to life, and, and, and we tell our folks, hey, uh, the water's not magical. Uh, the work has already been finished, and that is a thing to celebrate, and so we praise God for that. And the, the second thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned was, uh, as Pastor Michael just reminded us of being the potentially the first non-FOG member to preach. And I'm sitting up here, I'm like, I hope I don't uh, make him remember why <laughs> no other non-FOG members have ever preached here. And so uh, we pray that we uh, honor God in his word today. I am so grateful for FOG and for all that you have done for us, uh, financially supporting us. And I don't say this as cliche or to, to say this as a thing to imagine what you guys want to hear, but to really say the prayers uh, that have come from fog have been uh, instrumental to our lives. One quick story, and we'll preach God's word. Uh, I think about three years ago, I was over at a conference at Midwestern, and I had one of our t-shirts on, and, and, and I hear somebody saying, hey, uh, is your church like near St. Louis? I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, you're the pastor, right? I'm like, yeah. I am the pastor. She's like, well, I go to Fog, and we've been praying for you. And I was like, wow, I'm several hundred miles away from my house. Not many people know about Muscoota, Illinois, but to know that you guys have been faithfully praying for us, and it has shown in what the Lord has done. So I'm not going to spend any more time talking about Purpose Church. We have a missions lunch afterwards, and so if you want to hear a little bit more, we'd love to see you later. Uh, but for now, I want us to uh, dive into God's word this morning. I'm going to ask for your apologies now. I've never had the, the control of my own PowerPoint before, and so this will be interesting this morning. But if you guys would do me a favor, if you would honor God's word by standing, and we will be in Psalms chapter 23. If you've ever driven by a church or if you've been in church a while, for some of us, this is a familiar passage of scripture. If not, I pray that it uh, gets added into your rotation of scripture reading after today. Psalms 23 says... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, you are so good. You are the creator of heaven and earth. You are the giver of life. You are the gracious God who extends grace upon grace around a bunch of folks who don't deserve you. You, God, love this world so much that you sacrificed your precious son so that we may be brought into right relationship with you. And for that, God, we say thank you. God, we ask you to make much of yourself during this time of going through your word. God, I just pray that you forgive me of any sin, anything that is in me that is not like you. Will you just crush it? Jesus, I am running behind your cross today, and I pray that only you are seen and only you are heard and that you are made much of. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So here in this passage of Scripture, Psalm 23, David, King David, makes a definitive statement. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I want to say, you guys can say amen. Uh, I, I tell people I preach faster when you say amen or you feedback or, or you laugh. Or if you can't say amen, just say ouch. So uh, feedback is good. Uh, I have four points, but if there's not enough amen or feedback, I have 72. So you guys determine how long we preach today. Amen. And, and if we preach too long, the second service, they'll just come in. We'll just keep going. But David, he makes a definitive statement here. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and, and here it appears that is, this is King David who is talking and he is reflecting. He is remembering all that the Lord has done for him. And if you know much about King David, he has blessed us being used by the Lord. He has written a significant amount of the book of Psalms and Many of the psalms that we read about David, they are, uh, they are, are heavy with, with pain and frustration and hurt because uh, David, uh, because of his own sin and because of the sin of others, found himself in some very, very uh, crazy and difficult situations. For instance, like in, in Psalms 3, David is in the process of, of fleeing from his own very son because uh, David uh, was, was, was being, in a way, punished or living in the result of, of his sin. And so his own very son was, was after him. And listen to how he just starts off with Psalms chapter 3. He says, oh, Lord, how, how many are my foes. Uh, many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul there is no salvation for him in God. Do you, do you feel the, the pain? Do you, do you feel the frustration? But, but Psalm uh, 23 is, is different. 
David is, is thinking about all that his shepherd has done for him in spite of his sin and in spite of the sins of others. Is anybody ever just overwhelmed by what God has done for you and what he continues to do for you in spite of your sin? I'm only talking to the sinners in here. I'm only talking to the sinners. So if you're not a sinner, you're like, oh, yeah, you know. But, but to the sinners, those of us who have committed sin, do you, do you ever sit in amazement of what God has done and what he continues to do in spite of what you do? God is good. So he makes this definitive statement that the Lord is my shepherd. Can you call the Lord Jesus your shepherd today? Don't answer that. Don't be so quick to say yes. One commentator quotes Spurgeon when he says that before a man can truly say the Lord is my shepherd, he must first feel himself to be a sheep by nature. For he cannot know that God is his shepherd unless he feels in himself that he has the nature of a sheep. He must relate to a sheep in its foolishness, its dependency, and in the warped nature of its will. The, the rest of this text, it hinges on David's definitive statement that the Lord is my shepherd. David is letting us know what's available to those that call themselves a sheep and who are being led by the shepherd. The rest of what we're getting ready to talk about, if the Lord is not your shepherd, this does not apply to you. We have many people that are going to gather in churches all over this country believing in something that God never said for their lives. So the rest of, of what we're getting ready to do for those that are believers, this is, uh, should be cause for, for, for rejoicing and, and excitement because we are getting to see what, what's to us. But for those of us that are not, it, it, is, it is not uh, for you, uh, but it can be. But it can be. For those that, that got baptized today, at one point this didn't apply to them, but it does apply to them. Because the Lord is their shepherd. David is reminding us what is under the shepherd's care. Under the shepherd's care, there is rest and restoration. He says this, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. This is not a selfish want. This is not a materialistic want. This is saying that with Jesus being my shepherd, I don't have any need. Scripture says that he will supply all of our need according to his riches in glory. Verse 2 said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Rest and restoration. When uh, the Lord is our shepherd, we are led to be in a place of restoration, in a place of refreshing, we are going to be put in position to rest. Some of us are weary. Some of us are tired. Some of us have been dealing with seasons and seasons of unrest and, and brokenness. 
Isn't it good to know that when Jesus is our shepherd, we get to look forward to an opportunity of rest and being restored. I want to I show you this in scripture in, in John chapter 4, a few verses here. It's a familiar passage to some of us I referred to as the woman at the well. Jesus comes across uh, this woman, this Sumerian woman, while he is taking a break from his journey. And she is there getting water. In verse 10 of chapter 4, it says this, Jesus answered her. It says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. In verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In verse 15, here it is. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw. This woman realized that she was a sheep. She realized that she was a sheep, and here's the shepherd who could give me something that I have been yearning for my entire life, and, and, and he promises me that if, if, if I am his sheep and, and he is my shepherd, uh, you will not have to come back to this place ever again to, 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 to feel restored. What he's saying here is that you don't have to be your own source for restoration. You don't have to, to, to be the thing uh, to make you feel better about yourself. There's only so many purses we can buy. There's only so many shoes that we can buy. I'm preaching to myself. I love tennis shoes. Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me. I'm a sinner. I told y'all that already. I'm a sinner. We don't have to be our own source for rest and restoration. Under the shepherd's care, there is rest and restoration. And under the shepherd's care, there is direction. Under the shepherd's care, there is direction. In the second half of 23, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, somebody say, my ways. In all of your ways, Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Verse 7, help us with our pride, Lord. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Listen to this. Why? Because it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Under the shepherd's care, there is direction. I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Uh, anybody remember MapQuest? Some of us even go beyond that to, to maps and, and atlases and all that. But, but MapQuest, kids now, like, we got our phones, man, and we put in our, our address. Or if we got uh, 
all the we can we can call Siri or for those who are not saved yet and have Android, you uh, <laughs> call on Alexa or or somebody like that, and 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 you can just tell it where you want it to go, and 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 it comes up, and and you just you just go, you just go, and for us, man, we used to have like fifty pieces of paper and paper cuts with the map quest and turn to page 72 we almost there page 72 will get us there we're almost there wouldn't it be amazing if we trusted Jesus like we trusted Siri has anybody ever argued with Siri <laughs> I did the other day I was like man this ain't this is isn't it but man isn't it amazing how like when we we, we put in the destination where we want to go and Man, we just set it up and we just go. And and and, and we just we just follow it with, without nobody punches up Siri and then gets MapQuest or nobody punches up Siri and then calls the place where you're going for direction. We just we just follow it. We we put our trust in uh, the destination that we want to get to in Siri. What if we trusted the creator of heaven and earth? with our lives? What if, we, what if we did that? What if, what if we prayed before we applied for a job? What if, we, what if we prayed before we picked our houses out? What if, we, what if we prayed before we got into that relationship? Believer, the good news for us is that we get to submit all our ways to the Lord and praise God that he will make our crooked path straight. Praise God that he will direct our paths. Praise God that he will lead us in the right place because some of us think we have some very great ideas, but we don't because most of our ideas are wrapped in selfishness and the, the end point is what we want it to be, not what God wants it to be. So for us believers, we get to trust in the good shepherd because... In him and under his care, there is direction. There is direction. Under the shepherd's care, there is rest and restoration. Under the shepherd's care, there is direction. And under the shepherd's care, there is protection. Verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen, we will go through low and dark places and seasons while we're being led by the shepherd. Listen, I tell folks often the time, like if, if you have a bunion on your foot and you walk to the front of the church to be saved, you're probably going to feel that bunion on your way back to your seat after the Lord has saved you. We are going to go through some dark places, some dark seasons. People are going to die. People are going to leave us. They're going to lie on us. They're going to despise us. They're going to leave our churches. We're going to go through some stuff. But we don't need to fear. 
We don't need to fear. We can cry. We're going to be hurt. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be angry. Those are all emotions that God and his, his sovereignty has, has given us. But we don't need to fear. Why? Because he is there. Jesus is with us now, uh, today, forevermore. He will be there. We don't need to fear because, listen, his rod and his staff, they, they comfort me. Why should the rod and, and the staff, why should, that, why should that bring us comfort? Because, listen, the rod and the staff, right, when we, when we think about a shepherd, a lot of times shepherds would, would lead their sheep and, and, and they would go over this very, very rocky terrain. Sometimes they would be cutting through mountains and there would be big rocks and boulders and, and uneasy steps. So, so the shepherd, he has the rod or he has the staff with him. And so as, as the, the sheep, they, they may be struggling a little bit to, to get over it. Uh, but the shepherd, he has that rock and that staff and he is walking through the various terrains. And he's, he's stable. The rod and the staff allow the shepherd to be stable as he walks. We get to look at the shepherd with the rod and the staff and realize that, that he's in control. He's in control. We, we, we may stub our toes. We may trip over the rocks. But as we are being led by the shepherd, we get to look at a beautiful picture of stability. That's our shepherd that's up there leading us. Look, 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 how, look how in control he is. Look, look, how, look how sure his steps are. He has the rod and the staff, and, and, and that rod and that staff, he is stable. He is in control. Also, the rod and the staff that the shepherd is carrying as we're being led by him, it saves us from being harmed by others. Any type of prey that would come to try to kill or to maim or to injure or to hurt the sheep, there's the shepherd there with the rod and the staff to defend his sheep in the face of death and harm from others. Why does the rod and the staff bring comfort to us? The staff... And the rod not only saves us from others, but the rod and the staff, it saves us from ourselves. It saves us from ourselves. Listen, there's a reason why we have to realize that we are sheep. And there's a reason why that we're referred to as sheep. Sheep are kind of dumb. Sheep are kind of dumb. They're, they're irritable. They're, they want to do their, their, their own thing. They're They're stubborn. Spouses don't look at each other, don't elbow each other, trying to save you from an argument. Just say amen or just say ouch. Don't just look straight at me. Husbands, look straight at me. Wives, don't, don't look over. I don't, I don't want to do any marriage counseling today. Um, and so some of us struggle with following direction and following leadership. And so what, what the shepherd would do to that sheep that was wandering is that same very rod and staff that he used to, to show himself stable, that same rod and staff that he would use to, to fend off uh, those trying to come in and harm the sheep, he would use that very same rod and staff and he would break the leg of the sheep 
sounds, sounds rough. It, 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 it sounds, why, 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 why would he do that? Why, why am I going through this? Why, why am I experiencing this? It's because he cares. He, would, he, would, he wouldn't just break the leg of the sheep and just leave them there. So to you, no, God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. Yes, it hurts when the leg gets broken. But the shepherd wouldn't just leave his precious sheep there. He would uh, cast up the leg and then he would carry the sheep. He would carry the sheep along with the rest of the sheep that is following him. And once that sheep's leg was healed, he would let the sheep down. And guess what the sheep would do now that it didn't do before? It would follow him. It would follow him. It said to us here in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. Listen, God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are legit, illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he, God, our father, our shepherd, he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it yields peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Do we got anybody here who works for the state? No? Okay, good. Anybody ever, anybody ever got a whooping or whooped their kids before? Just real quick. All right, nobody, nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Just real quick. You ever, you ever told them, like, man, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you? As the one getting whooped, didn't that sound stupid? Like one of the dumbest things you ever heard. What do you mean it's going to hurt you? Like, I'm, I'm the one looking at this belt or, or whatever. You look, hey, I'm, I'm not advocating child abuse. I'm not, not, not saying that. I, I got some spankings in my day. But I, I, I realized that those happen, those, those moments of, of, of discipline. For some of us that didn't get spankings, we got, we got time out or we had things that we really loved taken away from us. Some of us had to do push-ups and planks and wall sits, some form of discipline that took place in our lives. But man, some of that stuff now, man, I never did some of those things ever again. I remember one time I called my mom stupid. Yeah, I'm still alive. God's <laughs> grace and mercy is amazing. Hey, and, and when my dad heard me say that, there were some repercussions to that. <laughs> And guess what? I never said it ever again. But it was because of 
that, that discipline. I need it to be aligned to the truth. I need it to realize that there were errors in my ways and that because my earthly father loved me so much, he did not want me to repeat those same destructive behaviors. And our heavenly father loves us so much that he doesn't want us to continue in destructive behaviors that are going to lead to our ruin. He loves you. I want to say that again to somebody in here. God loves you. Jesus died for the dirtiest thing you've ever done. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning. Jesus died for the dirtiest thing you have ever done in your life. I want you to believe that. I want you to hear that. I want you to receive that. I want that to, to push you to fall to your knees or to fall on your face and, and one to ask to be for, forgiven, but celebrate that you have been forgiven because the work is finished. Amen. It's finished. Believers, we don't need to walk in the shame. Man wants you to walk in shame. Jesus died for that. Under the shepherd's care, there is rest and restoration. Under the shepherd's care, there is direction. Under the shepherd's care, there is protection. And I love this last part. Under the shepherd's care, there is grace. David closes out this particular passage of Scripture in this way. You, shepherd, Jesus, God, Father, you prepare a table Before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These are the words of a murderer. These are the words of an adulterer. Those are his words. Those are his words. He is saying, you prepare a table before me, Jesus, the good shepherd, God, my heavenly father, the creator of heaven and earth, you are serving me? And not just serving me anywhere, you're serving me in front of the people who hate me, who want to kill me, who want to see me dead. You are preparing a table before me there? And not only that, it gets more, it gets better. You are going to anoint me? You're going to anoint my head with oil? And not just a little bit, you're going to anoint me, my head with oil, and my cup is going to overflow. John Piper says this, it is hard to overemphasize what a tremendous privilege it is to be known personally, intimately, lovingly by the Son of God. It is a precious gift to all his sheep, and it contains within it a profound and professional and personal fellowship and affection and the promise of eternal life. I want to read this passage of scripture and then we're done. Just want to close with the words of the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, he says this, I, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He 
who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not know, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Under the shepherd's care, there is rest and restoration. There is direction There is protection, there is grace, there is his unmerited favor, there is him giving us absolutely what we do not deserve. Guys, pray with me. Heavenly Father, for those of us that that know you, thank you for this reminder of what's afforded to us under your care. For those of us who do not know you, I pray that the Holy Spirit begins to to work in their hearts and that uh, they don't just listen to our sermon today as a sales pitch of what they can come in and and just get from you. But I pray that it is just just a sweet reminder, just a a sweet incentive to to just know how good you are and and what you do for your people, your creation. Jesus, thank you for being the good shepherd. Thank you for laying down your life so that your sheep may be saved from eternal damnation, from the penalty of our sin. God, and we just, we just pray that we just get out of the way and, and truly rest in you and Truly see you for who you are, which is everything. God, we just love you and we thank you for uh, your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.